0: I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers on KLCC. My guest today is Jennifer Denson, the Executive Director of Burrito Brigade. This local organization's mission is to feed the hungry in Oregon through three main projects, the Weekend Burrito Brigade, the Little Free Pantries, and Waste to Taste. Jennifer Denson, the Executive Director of Eugene's Burrito Brigade, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know
0: what drew you to join the the burrito brigade and become a leader
1: uh well it you know good old social media it (laughs) was a facebook post in uh summer of 2014 group of people were making burritos in a house in the whitaker and that was a start of a very long story but yeah i was pretty much instantly hooked
0: yeah what about it what 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 hooked you
1: I think the simplicity. Um, so, you know, they're making burritos hot and ready and handing them to people hot and ready on some really lack, there's lack of access on the weekend. So yeah. I didn't know that. And I, and it also uh, was quite a eye opener to me of just unhoused and people less fortunate of how so many people are pretty much a paycheck away and, hopefully helping those people get a nutritious meal in their belly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think oftentimes service and service delivery in a nonprofit world can be kind of complex. I was interesting to hear you talk about just, yeah, it's about as simple as it gets. You're, you're, you're packaging up a good nutritious meal and handing it to anybody looking at your website. You know, you talk about that food is a human right you provide food to anybody and everybody is that correct
1: correct yeah and it, and i i still remember pre covid times of burrito brigade leaving and walking downtown and handing people a delicious burrito just like our only question is do you want a free burrito and most people get stopped in the tracks what do you mean you know and we would get emails or stuff and it's like oh that was you know that was just what I needed or the highlight of my day. And, you know, just giving, I mean, we, we approach people on a different level. I feel like our group is kind of meeting the need that it it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to be in crisis, but everybody is a happier person when they've got food in their belly. So we sure, sure. might be, a, it might be a happier, um, society if we could all just get, um, That extra nutrition.
0: Absolutely. Tell us about a little bit about your background and maybe what you did before and how that helped you in in the role you have now.
1: Oh, yeah. So um, it was really interesting up until COVID. um, I worked full time for the school district. Um, I was actually in a high needs classroom. I've always, I guess, loved to help others. But so, you know, I have a passion for that. But once COVID hit and I was able to do this full time. It just, we just went forward. We have kind of always been the group that kind of goes with the flow and kind of, so we never really just kind of, Oh, this is the next step. You know, we got a, a building in September of this last year and it just, we just kind of, Oh, when things happen, they happen. And so I think, That has helped me with the high crisis um, classroom. I think that also has also helped me, you know, just meeting people at their level, you know, we sometimes have unhoused that are walking up at our building. And it's just like, Hey, can I get you a sandwich? Can I get you something to drink? And, you know, it can totally change somebody's day
0: sure well i imagine too as an educator you know so much of what burrito brigade does i think all of it it relies on on volunteers and that idea of being able to to teach to to sort of like you said meet people where they are must be an invaluable sort of skill to have
1: yeah yeah it's always been i guess just in my bloodstream i want to help everybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Why don't you kind of take us sort of through the piece parts of of the three main programs that 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 Burrito Brigade uh, uh, administers?
1: Yeah. So we, like you had mentioned, we've been doing the burrito since twenty fourteen, and then um, summer of twenty nineteen, we had launched the Little Free Pantry project. Um, a little bit different than the ones you see nationally. It's more of a cabinet and it's freestanding in somebody's yard. And so fast forward, we 50, like four of them now. And uh, so, and then same meeting people at their level, you know, take what you need, leave what you can. Maybe you have extra food that your kid doesn't want, but another household in your neighborhood may totally benefit from that. So then, um, and then COVID hit and we wanted to help people because a lot of food countries were being on pause and we want to keep with social distancing. And so, um, much to my friends and families, uh, probably dislike. I started this project in my garage for two <laughs> weeks before we, uh, decided that maybe there was a safety concern. No neighbors complained. My driveway was always full, but, uh, then, uh, church in North Eugene had, uh, lent us their space, which was amazing. And we were able to keep with social distancing. We have an online sign up, So everything's by appointment. So people like kind of have that, that feeling of fulfillment that they can go online and make an appointment and they know that they're going to have an appointment when they come in. And so there's the kind of the waiting in line and, and things like that is kind of done away with. And so, but what, yeah, the beginning of COVID, we just kept with social distancing and we, I'd reduced our crew to just the ability to be able to just space out i mean we did the same thing with burrito brigade burrito brigade didn't really take a pause we just kind of shifted to a kind of a core group of people that we were, could still make the burritos and um yeah so then here we are now it's you know crazy to think like three and a half years later but yeah like i had mentioned we got our own space in september of last year so the Waste to Taste food pantry operates in what used to be the dining room of this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then we remodeled um, the kitchen thanks to donors and grants. And so then the Burrito Brigade part um, will come. We're on pause for August to finish the last little tweaks. And then, but then, Burrito Brigade, the little free pantry projects and Waste to Taste is, all projects are under one roof.
0: Great. It really sounds like your organization, you know, to, to use this 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 sort of term, you're very sort of bootstrapped. You know, you you, you kind of it seems like you, you're you're you just find a way. Do you think that's that's a big part of your success? Is just this idea of, hey, you know, we we don't have a kitchen. We'll use my garage. We'll, you know, we'll find a way. And and I, and I wonder if you feel like that's sort of set the right course for for what you're doing and and why you're 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 still in in business all these years later
1: yeah i guess that that would be a really good description um kind of just find a way uh yeah so we luckily were um food flying county partnered with us so when COVID hit we were able to use their kitchen because both the churches we were using had to you know close their doors and so we have been very fortunate we've had a community that has backed us because i think it's so easy to follow we are such an easy concept like Mm -hmm. we're just going to make burritos we're going to pass them out you know we're going to pass it we're going to sort food and we're going to set it up like a grocery store and we're just we're going to do this thing and so yeah, i guess that would be a really great description of we just kind of um you know some joked that we were like going with the flow of the river but (laughs) bootstraps like we just we're uh and and, you know we're a unique i think group because we're also like try to become this like web of or i guess the center of a web Mm -hmm. you know because there's so many groups that are doing things but we are we have things that maybe they don't have you know we help hiv alliance have more food in their room and we yeah. help white have more food in their front room because you know uh a belly full is a happy person and so um you know if we get a large quantity of something then we reach out to other groups that make lots of food instead of us trying to portion you know i don't know a hundred biscuits we're just going to make sure another group ha- has that biscuits to offer or you know maybe we have a ton of fruit at the end of the week and it won't make it to Monday. So we reach out to some groups that can chop it up and serve it, you know. So we're kind of like this, I guess, the interwebs, interweb of a big, bigger web. But we've had so much support from our community because it's just, yeah, we're like a household name, I guess. Yeah.
0: And I kind of wanted to ask you about that because in some ways, you know, the growth, the success, the longevity of, of what you do, as well as other organizations, Maybe put into words how that sort of describes, I don't know, the heart and the soul of of our community and and, and the fact that you're almost entirely volunteer staffed. What does it say about a community that, that embraces a very simplistic but very important thing that you do?
1: Um, I think it's heartwarming. And for me, it's heartwarming to watch, you know, because usually somebody volunteers once and... They're also hooked, you know, mm. because like, you know, an hour and a half of sorting vegetables is not much for somebody, but then, but you're making this beautiful um, front room that somebody's going to come in and get super excited for all of this fresh produce. I mean, I remember when we first started this, people would be asking questions of like what things were like we we're getting local chard and local cha- kale and collards from local farms. And it's like, What is this? And how do I serve this? And it's just like, just the, not having the price barrier. So somebody can try something and introduce it to their family, but there's not that barrier. And so we, you know, our our whole group is just very, um, not traditional, you know, we're just, (laughs) we're doing our own thing. We're, we're, uh, starting our own path, I guess, because there's not really much, um, there's not something like this around. And so just letting people know that, you know, just because something's bruised doesn't mean it's not consumable. It's just, you just cut out the bruise. Sure,
0: sure, sure. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Jennifer Denson. She's the executive director of Eugene's Burrito Brigade. We'll be right back.
1: I'm Barbara Dillon back, host of
0: KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Hospice
1: chaplains assist at a time of transition for people and families.
0: We're kind of people who offer the ministry of presence, being available, emotionally available for their journey as grief emerges. So we bring comfort, we bring support, sometimes we bring education.
1: Joel Gavarlia Morano talks about his life as a chaplain for police, firefighters,
0: seniors, and hospice patients on KLCC's Oregon Grapevine at klcc.org. And we're back talking with Jennifer Denson, the executive director of the of the Burrito Brigade, which is difficult for me to say. <laughs> um, let's talk about, y- y- you do this interesting thing. You're kind of an intervener of the food system that goes from the grocery store to our plate to being thrown out. And, and there's such a big problem with wasting food. Talk about how you're part of the solution that that we can organize the bounty of food that we have in Oregon to make sure it doesn't go to waste
1: yeah that's uh that's a great segue um yeah we're some some people have joked uh food liaison of (laughs) Lane County like you know I we have a lot of connections we've made over the years and it's always been food waste has always just been like we shouldn't be food shouldn't be going in the trash, you know, so we have a great system right now. We have a farmer every day. So the food, when we receive it, that's like past human consumption, just mushy or moldy goes into big bins and big buckets. And then we have a different farmer, chicken, goat, pig, um, different livestock that comes every day so that it immediately leaves, you know, our, our trash is a pretty small dumpster for our business. And, you know, it's kind of, We've just, just trying to make all these connections. You know, we have a an amazing relationship with the mission, getting some food donated. And then, you know, if it's too large of a quantity, we try to reach out to pe- some other groups. <clears throat> breakfast Brigade, for example, is another um one of our groups. Um, and you know, they make 50 to 80 meals in the park um for breakfast. And maybe like we get a bunch of hard-boiled eggs or we get a bunch of frozen pancakes um and so just that connection of making sure other people can use food and it, and cut their, cost, cut their costs that that we can all work together. Okay. So
0: obviously, you know, and, and you've talked eloquently about sort of during covid and what a shock that was to so many things. And and you know, we're still I know it's it's almost 3 years now in our rearview mirror, but obviously it still exists, but you know this idea of our community is seeing, you know, despite great programs and great collaboration, we are seeing such a, you know, an increase in, in homelessness and, and people who need help, you know, are there times in your job that you feel like, oh gosh, I don't know that we'll ever be, a, be at a place where we're able to serve everyone when we want to. And, and is there a, I don't want to say the word hopelessness, but is there is there a you know some some part of you that that thinks, gosh, I don't know that we can solve this? Or, hopefully, correspondingly, there's there's hope about the collaboration, the coordination of all these different organizations coming together to to do the work like you do.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of go, I kind of waver back and forth. Um, it is it is really tough. Um, You know, usually end of the month, we get a lot more messages of, you know, people's food stamps are run out or, you know, they're in kind of desperation. So I hope that, I mean, I have hope that we're moving to a different direction, but it feels like sometimes it feels like we're in quicksand. You know, there's, you know, the cost of food is continuing to go up and people are in need and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to try to see what's next because i remember like a year after we started this everybody was like oh when covid's over you're going to still do this and you know my the really the reason i want to keep this so this is so strong to me is that um making it okay to ask for help like you know sometimes we'll get messages is like well i don't need it that bad But it's like it shouldn't be a level of need. It should just be like Hmm. maybe you come and you visit, you get a burrito or you visit our pantry and that makes you get an extra toy for your kid or pay an extra bill off. Or, you know, just my hope is with our program to just changing the whole concept of it it being okay to ask for help and and help just being easy you know our pantry is there's no income requirements there's no questions I mean we ask your first name just to catalog how many people we help Mm -hmm. but like there's it's kind of non-traditional is what I say because it just it should be just real easy you know people walk in and all of the food is displayed like a grocery store so they can walk in and just you know, maybe they're got a gluten free kiddo or a dairy free kiddo, and like those are higher end items that cost more, and maybe that just helps them put money somewhere else. And so that is really, I hope, what what we're changing is is the whole. I don't think we're to a point that we're not going to be needed, mm-hmm. but like just changing the outlook on
0: life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you face any challenges? I guess, you know, I imagine or wonder if, you know, you're handing out food to people. I, I imagine maybe there are some times in, in your history where, you know, there might be a municipal code that that that, that doesn't comport with what you want to do, or maybe it's even just members of the public who don't agree with handing out free food, you know, kind of have there been some of those kind of challenges or even barriers to what you want to do
1: um i think i think there will always be the the those kind of people you know we uh we joked my one of my volunteers and i were joking cuz like in the big you know in the midst of covid you know our burritos have always been vegan and they stayed vegan so we can mm-hmm. keep with um easier you know dietary restrictions just around, sure. across the board. They're vegan. And so somebody will always, at least one, one off will always be like, I don't eat your burrito. It doesn't have meat in it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, somebody else will, you know, there's always going to be the the people that can't quite agree, but it's, sure. we'll just move along. Okay. That's, the, you know, and then, so it's, it's interesting. I think we don't really let the, the, those kind of negative thoughts, let us stop us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would be, uh, you know, your goals, uh, you've already grown a tremendous amount since, since the humble beginnings years ago, you know, kind of, do you have ideas in terms of how you'd like to expand? You're talking about the the new kitchen, which is great. You know, what other kind of goals might you have in terms of uh, the amount that you can serve, the amount of people you can serve, uh, the amount of donations you can get in, you know kind of do you have a a general blue sky of what it might become?
1: um I don't think so I mean it's it still kind of blows my mind of how big we are right now, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of content just staying right here for a little bit <laughs> yeah um, uh, it would be you know it's interesting when I go to meetings with other EDs and other nonprofits, and like I were doing this with um I'm full-time staff and then I have two part-time staff Mm -hmm. and like when hearing people like have six seven eight staff is like I don't know if we'll I mean I assume we'll be growing at that point but I I think we're I hope we've we've plateaued a little bit we can just hang out at this this level
0: (laughs) (laughs) sure sure I wonder too you know, given what you do, do you have conversations with other nonprofits in our community or maybe even in, in Oregon or even in other states about kind of, you know, some of the best practices you've heard about in terms of this kind of food delivery or, or to, again, interrupt the waste stream of food? Are there, are there sort of some lessons that you've learned along the way from other organizations that you were able to apply to what you do?
1: Um, not really. So it's, you know, kind of been making it up as we go, you know, we've we've kind of just slowly not really done anything hurried, you know, kind of trying to do it slowly because it's not like there's really anything like this around us. Uh, you know, when we first started, it was just like, we're, we're going to do this thing. And so it's not, I haven't really found much when it comes to that, that closeness of, uh, you know, something quite, you know, I I was actually talking with a volunteer here recently, and it's like, it would be fun to, I know there's places like this in other cities, you know, Portland and bigger cities, but I, I don't, there's not quite something like this for us to figure out. So we've just kind of been brainstorming with the staff of Oh, what should we do this? And, you know, we just launched like a a recipe corner a couple of weeks ago. So like when we have a huge amount of one product, then we have like a recipe um, on the on the entryway. So people can think of like, oh, I could do that or I can, you know, do something different out of my comfort zone. So we're kind of just been it's been the team has been kind of the backer of keeping it all like, oh, what
0: if we did this? And what if we did that? Yeah, yeah. You know, Jennifer, my last question for you, if you could share with our our listeners, maybe just a a wonderful example of, you know, an interaction that you had with somebody um, where, you know, that was maybe the moment where you were so overjoyed that you knew you were doing the right thing and you knew that this 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 ragtag bunch of volunteers is is really making a difference is there a moment you can kind of share where it was just so perfect if you will
1: hmm well i, I am thankful that there are like almost moments every day i hmm. mean there are people that come up to us and let us know that we're making a huge difference and that they were able to you know saved us saved the family over covid and. You know, uh, but I think my the one that sticks to me is a, a shopper customer had pulled me aside a few months ago and she wanted to make a donation. They were moving to Roseburg, but she was just in tears of how much of an impact this pantry made over COVID that she wanted to give back. And she was just just I mean, you could see it in it was it was a whole body, thank you. Hmm. And You know, we get quite a few of those um, and it's, it's just, it was, it's such an interesting, you know, it kind of pauses me in my tracks.
0: That was our conversation with Jennifer Denson, the executive director of Burrito Brigade. Denson and her team believe there's plenty of food in Oregon to feed everyone. It just takes organization and a will among people to help. This has been Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.